The following program contains themes and images that may not be suitable for most audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Panda Pig Inc. Rate, review, and subscribe. And now we're going to go into our true crime part. What do you got for today? So, I had many options on what to do for this episode, but there was a main component that really spoke to me about which one to pick for this one, okay? Okay. And I'll just let you figure it out as we go. Uh, (laughs) Interesting. All right. Okay. So, this is a serial killer episode, which means that, you know, the information about the victims and their lives is going to be typically more limited than when we do other crimes Mm -hmm. um and because the victims in this case are one victims of a serial killer minorities prostitutes there's going to be even less information available um but that doesn't mean that these people didn't have families or people who loved them or people who mourned their death yeah so that's kind of my disclaimer okay for this episode um, is it old? Is it relatively old? It happened in the nineties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah. So, the murders take place in Oak Cliff, which is in Dallas, Texas. During this time period, um, there are a lot of abandoned properties, increased criminal activity, to include drugs, gangs, prostitution. Um, there were these places called horror hotels, and what? that's where women uh, would take their clients. Um, straight up their... horror hotels. That's what they were dubbed. They, okay. It wasn't straight up called. I thought hotel, but... I thought you meant literally <laughs> called a horror hotel. Like damn. Okay. Yeah. At this time, Dallas was having a record-breaking number of murders, um, averaging two a day. Oh my goodness. So. It was very, very dangerous in Dallas during the early 90s. So, um, Was it during the summertime? uh, Actually, no. The first murder happens in December. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. So the cold is making him crazy, not the summer heat. (laughs) I think he just crazy, crazy. Oh, yeah, you said serial killer, so it's just one dude. (laughs) Yes. So our first victim is Mary Lou Pratt. She was 33 years old. Um, She's described as never necessarily wearing sexy clothing. I mean, her occupation is she's a prostitute. Um, She would stand quietly on her corner wearing blue jeans, tennis shoes, and some small t-shirts. Um, occasionally, occasionally at the end of the night, she would ask one of her regulars to drive her to her parents' home in South Dallas, Mm -hmm. a suburb of Lancaster. Her parents were an old retired couple, Mm -hmm. so they never knew about her double life, but they would call out goodnight to her as she'd climb into her childhood bed. Uh, she was struggling with drug use and any extra money would usually go towards that. So... She definitely had people who loved her, but she was struggling and using this occupation to kind of keep up with that struggle. Mental health is a bitch, yeah. 
you said it. You said it. Even when you have loving parents, you can still go through a hard time. These are facts. Mm-hmm. So on December 13th, 1990, she was found on the street. Her body was sprawled out like a display. She what was nearly naked. And she had a bullet wound in her head from a forty-four caliber bullet. It was clear that this was not the crime scene, but that she was moved to this location from where she was murdered. And um, he displayed her like the Black Dahlia? Uh, well, she's not been dismembered. Sure, she's but it's just still on display. Yes, a lot of serial killers will position or display their victims as a part of the process that gives them pleasure is enjoying the fact that people will be shocked by, you know, the presence of the body, you know? Yeah. The wow factor. Mm -hmm. So there were no witnesses outside of a neighbor hearing a car door shut and drive away. So nobody can really say that they saw anything. So how they Um, find her? Who found her? Um, she was just, they didn't necessarily say, but she was in the street. So somebody oh, so just so called 911. Um, the medical examiner during her autopsy observed track marks on Mary's arm, con- you know, conclusive to her drug use. Mm-hmm. And um, when she went to go look at Mary's eye color, she noticed that her eyes had been removed with surgical precision. Yikes. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Your face. Your face, dude. <laughs> you gotta go and be like, I'm going for the eyeballs. <laughs> they juicy. Bruh. Her eyeballs were removed with surgical precision. What was most surprising about this, though, was that there was not a mark or a nick on her eyelids. So your eyelids are such a delicate um, part of your face. And... To kind of explain how hard this would be, the murderer would have needed to slide their knife knife beneath the eyelid and cut the six major muscle groups connecting the eye and then shut the eyelid in such a way that you couldn't perceive that the eye had been removed. There is no textbook procedure on how to remove eyeballs. Is he an eye doctor? <laughs> Like, like no, this isn't even this isn't even a medical procedure. What? Like that's not even in a textbook. What do you do? Just like, stab the eye and pop it out? Like no, what? like literally, he would have had to to slide the knife underneath the eye without what? nicking it from the inside, and and delicately cut the different muscles. He literally to cared to where he was like, I need to preserve these eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So what? a rape kit is he selling <laughs> this on the black market? Like what? A rape kit was also completed, but it came out negative. But they did find um, a hair, so it doesn't appear that she was raped, but they did find a hair. Interesting. Yeah. So, like to to like not even leave a scratch on the eyelids to be able to remove the eyes like that. It's crazy, and there's no medical procedure created to to do that so this guy is not only doing this with surgical precision but with surgical knowledge that isn't even surgical knowledge if that makes sense bruh he's like (laughs) so it's like you're that talented you don't even need to go to med school to be that good 
that good that bad that good bad the good bad yeah the good the bad the technique like he shocked the medical examiner like the medical examiner opened up the eyes and was like what how this makes no sense that's wow so um not too much longer later i believe in february so this is like 2 months later um susan beth peterson she's 27 years old this she is 2 months be- later this is in february okay so december to february okay so she's 27 years old she used to be in the navy navy she's described as very tough she would threaten other prostitutes who would work close to her corner she would curse out other prostitutes cops and clients like she she ran her stuff um her time in the military made her very cautious and street savvy she wouldn't get into cars with people she didn't know she had regulars going to the same places things like that that's crazy though she was in the navy and became a corner chick like well it's not as uncommon as you think really um, with what with what veterans of army like veterans of the military in general um there's not a lot of good aftercare for them for when they get back and yes. they are kind of left to cope with the trauma that they that they had dealt endure, with yeah and that's why you have so many homeless veterans. And so the fact that she, you know, was is a vet and then went into this line of work, it's really sad, but it's not shocking. Wow. You know. I would have never, like, I knew that's how they treated them. I just would have never thought it was a common thing for them to end up there doing stuff well, like that. Yeah. I mean, a variety of things. So... Um, I think maybe you just don't hear about it as much because of the female aspect. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so. So this is February. February 10th, Any? 1991. Okay. Uh, her body is found on the same road that Mary was found. She's nearly naked with an empty condom wrapper beside her. She was shot three times by a forty-four caliber bullet in the top and back of her head and then in the left breast. Damn. Um, yeah. The autopsy found no semen or biological material, but her eyes had been removed as well. The police knew that if Susan could have been killed by this same guy, then he must be very well known and aware of the Oak Cliff prostitution district because susan would not have gotten into a car with some random guy she only would have gotten into a car with someone she may have potentially trusted as a regular so what the fuck meaning that he's either a resident of the oak cliff area or that he frequents the oak cliff area or unless it's a chick that would be interesting yeah that would be interesting so they kind of have a psychological profile completed. Obviously, this is a sexual nature of a crime, most likely motivated by power and anger. Mm-hmm. Um, prostitutes are he literally a shot large, her in the boob. <laughs> <laughs> they're a large victim base for serial killers and sexually motivated crimes. Um, the way that the body was left was intended to send a message that the the killer wasn't trying to hide anything, that they were proud. Um, this would, um, they, 
Are you okay? He would. <laughs> sorry, I'm like <laughs> losing my place. Um, they believed him to be a white, educated male in his mid thirties. Um, he would have been respected in his community to be friends with those in power or in law enforcement. He would also drive an older model pickup truck. Um, he was happy. He would be happy by the press generated from his crimes and would enjoy that he held the community in fear. So that's the profile that they gave the killer. Interesting. Just based off of two people, that's what they got so far. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, could, I could see Which, that. You know, it's not too far off. I'm not really sure where the pickup truck comes into play but the idea that he's a middle-aged white male i mean both of the victims so far are white and it's very rare for serial killers to kill outside of their race murderers in general to kill outside of their race it can happen but it's not common Mm mid-30s you know um smart enough to i mean not as immature crimes aren't messy things like that so i could I could see that. Um, So the public's response to this was everybody was in a panic. They put up warning flyers about the deaths. Um, The police, though, intentionally left out the details about the eyeballs missing because it was such a unique part of the crime. Holding this back would allow the killer to reveal himself should they question him. And he, you know, mentions it or alludes to it because it's an item that they held back from the public. Plus, they don't want everyone to know, like, yes, he gouges eyes. Mm-hmm. But some dumbass detective leaks the fact that the faces were, quote, significantly mutilated. Um, Unless the it press. was the detective. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. <laughs> so the press, you know, everybody freaks out. They're thinking this is like a Jack the Ripper type of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knows it's the eyeballs, but they're hearing this thing about facial disfigurement. So everybody's freaking out. Um, The cops staked out hotels. They sent out undercover female officers that seemed to be his type, but really didn't gather much other information. It's Um, someone working inside. They have to know. (laughs) They know. That that does happen. I mean, you had recently the the Golden State killer guy was a former police officer. So it's not unheard of. Oh, shit. Um, but as I said before, something that we know about murderers in general is that they rarely kill people outside of their race. So Mm -hmm. because Susan and Mary were both white, Mm -hmm. therefore the non-white prostitutes felt somewhat secure against these attacks, you know, to an extent, to an extent. Um, so another prostitute, Veronica Rodriguez comes forward with a statement for the police. Mm. She says that she was with Mary, the first victim, the night she was killed. That she had had a threesome with Mary and the suspect. What they the had gone, fuck? Mm-hmm. She says they went to a vacant field. And as she was getting dressed, Mary walked off with the suspect and they got into an argument. She saw Mary get shot in the head. Veronica described the man as, middle, as a white and middle-aged with salt and pepper hair. She said he had a white pickup truck. She ran to a nearby house for help. The man there, Paxton Schindler, said he knew who was stalking the prostitutes. Um, He didn't have any prior criminal history, the Schindler guy, but he wasn't the owner of the house. The owner of the house was a Charles and Fred Albright. Mm -hmm. Um, But Veronica had a severe history of drug use and didn't appear to be lucid most of the time. 
the police saw her as a notorious liar, somebody who was always high. So they really only took her story with a grain of salt because... Because they don't know how sober she really was. Yeah, they don't trust her as a credible witness. So at this point, the case kind of stalls. But kind of interesting, though, of how spot on she says he's a white guy, middle-aged, and that he has a pickup truck. I mean, it's not crazy details, but it, it kind of matches up. It's interesting, though, because it was literally like to just conjure up something like that. And then that's exactly what you end up getting. It's like, whoa. But it's interesting mm-hmm. how they didn't take her seriously, though, considering what she just said matched your description. But mm-hmm. it makes okay. sense. She wasn't very credible, but still, you would think you would take it more. Or follow up a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward to the next month, March. Mm-hmm. Um. Shirley Williams, who unfortunately I couldn't even find a birthday for her. Like literally, she was the person I found the least information on, which is sad, but not shocking. She is the black victim of this case, which is unique because the two previous victims were white. And Shirley Williams was black. She, black person. And which crazy. is even more unfortunate that I can't even get a freaking birthday for her or any other information. Um, she was supposedly around 40, 41 years old. Mm-hmm. Some articles say that she was a waitress. Other ones are saying that she's a maid. Mm-hmm. Um, the only information I could find was that she was a hard worker. Um, That's good, though. March 10th, 1991, she was found naked in front of an elementary school. With Bro. an empty condom package. Bro. Of an elementary school. In front of an elementary school. You really said, let's traumatize these kids real quick. Like, you just... Like, obviously, the all of these victims, the way they were killed is sad. But what's worse about this one is, you can't find any other information on her. She doesn't even have a sheet covering her. And she's in front of an elementary school. Like, come on now. You so want like, like clearly he did this for a reason yes you know he hates all women but clearly he saw Shirley as lesser than the other women who he thought of as dirt maybe he tried dating a teacher and she just turned him down and he's like let me traumatize you and your students real quick maybe maybe but um so she was found naked again with the condom package she had facial bruises and a broken nose she had been shot in the face through the top of her head. And the difference with this crime is that Shirley's eyes were removed, but it seemed to be a rushed job, a rushed job and was less precise. You saw um, like a, a nick on her eyelid and a piece of the exacto knife broken off into the bone. Um, so he didn't have as much time <clears throat> to remove her eyes for some reason. But there was no biological enough, material found. He either didn't have enough time or he didn't care as much. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's like, this is my third victim. I don't care. Yeah. They did find a pubic hair, though. So, so. he got sloppy. Mm-hmm. So, um, seeing as now the killer didn't have a racial preference, hysteria bumped up. Because now everybody could be a victim. Mm-hmm. Um... So the prostitutes in the Oak Cliff District started to come forward and wanted to help and cooperate with the police. Mm-hmm. 
In particular, a 17-year-old Brenda White was interviewed, and she said that she had a run-in with the suspect. She said he didn't want to do what Brenda normally did. Normally, she'd go to a hotel, but this guy just wanted to drive around. Apparently, he attacked her, choked her, and she maced him and escaped and ran for her life. There you go. Yeah, so it's really amazing how some of these women are so brave and able to get out of these crazy situations. It's like they were prepared. They knew what they were getting themselves into, so they prepared. Yes, yes. So she remembered his face and said he was a well-built, middle-aged man with salt-and-pepper hair. Mm-hmm. So it matched so the other girl's statement. Matched Veronica Rodriguez. Yes. Mm-hmm. So a confidential informant calls the police department and officer cook you know he's on the phone and he's saying the address and another sergeant smith overhears the address and asks him what's going on he says that the girl on the phone is saying she knew the killer and that he had a thing for exacto knives that he's a 57 year old charles albright now if that name sounds familiar it's the owner of the house of Paxton Schindler, the house that Veronica Rodriguez says she went for help that was nearby. Yeah. So this 57-year-old Charles Albright is the owner of the home that Veronica Rodriguez ran to after having a run-in. And that person there took her in but didn't harm her. No, and he said he knew who was doing the killings. He knew that he was doing the killings. No, he said he knew who was doing the killings. He just didn't say who. Mm-hmm. But he knows because so, he obviously lives in the house. <laughs> so Albright's criminal history uh, includes assault, theft, and molesting an underage 14-year-old girl. My goodness. Um, they show his picture to, um, to Brenda White. The one who said she had the run-in with him and survived. Yeah. She says that it's him. But that only connects him to her attack. It doesn't connect him to the murders. To everything, yeah. And so the only witness they have is Veronica Rodriguez. So always not so sober. Sh- <laughs> so they show her six different photos. And she sees the one of Charles Albright and she's terrified. She flips over his photo and signs her name to it. And positively IDs him as the killer. Yikes. So she was sober enough to identify him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Albright, he was divorced with one child. He lived with his common-law wife. He owned the rental property near the dump of the two victims. And as I said, Veronica Rodriguez was the only one to tie him to the murders, but was not seen as a credible witness. So they had to do some further investigation um to to tie him into this mm-hmm. so um so the cops try to establish him as being in the area of the of the district and so they show his photo to the different prostitutes in town and everybody ids him as a regular um, on one occasion he even hired two women to and tied them down beat them and yelled at them saying bitch you know you love it when was this so he's um clearly has these uh differing interests when did he do that sexually. one they didn't say this is just an anecdote that they include wow. that he's done that before so he's done 
He has a history for sure. Yes. So they kind of deem him a sadomasochist, meaning that he likes to do the hurting and he likes to be hurt. So they searched his truck, but didn't find anything. They searched his home and they found a collection of guns hidden in the mantelpiece, but no forty-four caliber. Mm. But they did find forty-four caliber ammunition. Um, in one drawer, they find condoms of the same brand. And then in another drawer, they find a um, collection of X-Acto knives. But all this is still circumstantial. Nothing definitively tying him. Nothing to pin him to down. Outside of Veronica Rodriguez's statement. So um, another prostitute, Tina Connolly, said that she worked with Shirley the night of her murder. She mm-hmm. says that it was raining hard. Shirley and that was teen- the third victim? Correct. Okay. And so Tina wanted to go home, and Shirley wanted to stay out and continue to work. So Tina loaned Shirley her yellow raincoat and saw Shirley get into a white pickup truck. Tina showed the police the field that Shirley would typically take people, and they found that yellow raincoat. So they found Shirley's blood on the coat and one very peculiar hair. So when they looked at it under a microscope and like compared it to human hair, it's different. So when you look at a piece of hair under a microscope, it's like kind of like the roofing of a house where you see these different shingles kind of overlapping on top of each other. Yeah. And it's got a core to it. You know, there's a core and inner part of your hair. Well, when they looked at this hair, it didn't really match any hair that they'd ever seen. Um, the pattern of the shingles was completely different, and the core was very large. Ultimately, oh. they figured out that it was the it was a tail hair from a squirrel. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, apparently they hadn't really seen a lot of tail squirrel hairs. That's funny. But, so they're like, okay, they've got the squirrel hair. Maybe the killer's got the squirrel hair on him somehow. So when they searched Albright's home, they looked at the contents of his vacuum cleaner. And in the vacuum cleaner, they found a squirrel hair mm. from a tail <laughs> that they could match, <laughs> oh, connecting no. to Shirley's jacket. Um, they also matched his hair and pubic hair to the ones that were found on the victims and they seemed to be a visual match so they've built up a little bit more to the case so some background on charles albright to kind of maybe somewhat answer a few questions so um skip hollinsworth wrote an article about the eyeball killer he's kind of a legend when it comes to true crime articles so with um you know, in Texas. So if you ever read or look him up, very fascinating guy. Mm-hmm. Great writer. Um, mm-hmm. So he did some background research onto Charles Albright's history. Um, he was adopted. And for some reason, he believed that his birth mother was a prostitute. His adoptive mother was very loving, but a bit overbearing. They would do taxidermy together as... <laughs> As, I don't know, a bonding kind of thing? I don't know. Is this his adopted mom? Yes. Okay. And she was too cheap to buy, like, the legit glass eyes that they use in taxidermy and instead would give him buttons to sew on the eyes of the animals that they would stuff. He Coraline used... style. 
eyes. He needed their eyeballs for his taxidermy. He's just obsessed with eyes. There's even this one story about like when he was in college and his friend had broken up with their girlfriend and thrown away pictures of her. And then he had gotten all the pictures and then cut out her eyes and then posted it all over the friend's dorm room. What? And I'm like, for what? Like, you did this for what? What? Like, was this supposed to be funny? I don't understand. I'd be concerned if I was the roommate. I'd be like, but you okay, bro? Yeah. He's got, like, a long kind of conning history or whatever. But ultimately, um, you know. It's a good thing his uh, ex-wife got out okay. Seriously. Seriously. So he's got, you know, the history of sexually molesting the 14-year-old. He even, like faked a degree so he could get a job as a teacher and a coach he has a child one time you know but he was like somewhat college educated and he didn't have a full-time job worked mostly part-time but was living off the inheritance that he had gotten from his adoptive mother you said he had a child didn't you yes but there's not a lot of info about that oh we don't even know it's a boy or a girl no no Mm. so march 23rd 1991 Mm-hmm. Um, Albright is arrested and charged with three counts of murder. He argued that it was his tenant, Paxton Schindler, who committed the murders. But Schindler's hair didn't match anything and his description didn't match Jack. So <laughs> um, he also told the police that the he had heck? never been with a prostitute before, which also makes him look like an idiot because all of the prostitutes in the district identified him as a regular. Yeah. So obviously another lie. But he did admit that he's fascinated with eyes. So there was that. But to this day, he still thinks, he still says he's innocent. Um, His trial began on December 13th, 1991, pretty much a year after he had murdered Mary Lou Pratt. So the evidence was obviously mostly circumstantial. The hairs found at Shirley Williams' murder matched Albright's hair. So on December 18th, 1991, just five days after the trial began, the jury deliberated and found him guilty of only Shirley Williams' murder and sentenced him to life imprisonment. They didn't have enough evidence to convict him of Mary Lou Pratt or Susan Beth Peterson's murders. They couldn't find the eyeballs? I still, like, I don't know where, what he, he, he's one of those where he's still denying it to this day. So his most recent vie for parole was on June 28th, 2018, and he was denied based on uh, his criminal history and the nature of his offense. What did he so get charged he comes with? Up he got, uh, he got, was it, what did he get sentenced? Life imprisonment. Life imprisonment. Yes, but not without the possibility of parole, apparently. He's up for parole again in 2022, so I doubt he'll be released ever. But that is the story of the murders of Shirley Williams, Mary Lou Pratt, and Susan Beth Peterson. What in the crap? Yes, so my connection to the Bones episode was the removal of eyeballs by a serial killer. But he did it with exacto knives. <clears throat> Much better precision than with a key because Oh my gosh. Uh, that would be hell? so messy. 
That would be so messy to it use. It wouldn't a key be good for his taxidermy eyes. animals. So, mm. who knew a squirrel would be the one to trail yeah. this all together? That and, squirrel's um, the MVP. And obviously, I use. I definitely use a lot of forensic files. Clearly, but um, it's actually a special episode of Forensic Files called "See No Evil." And when you see the image of like the squirrel hair under a microscope versus like the human hair, you're like, "What am I looking at?" <laughs> it <laughs> looks like a zipper. <laughs> like this is a hair. Like I just, That's I just don't get it. Um, but it's a great, great episode. Also, the um, uh, article by Skip Hollinsworth serial killer charles frederick albright the texas eyeball killer is a fascinating article that t- goes into a lot of different details as well and then i also used this one blog post where i found the birthdays of the victims mm-hmm. um usually through find a grave so of course i'll always post our sources in the description if you guys want to do some further reading or looking but um a lot of similarities obviously pretentious serial killer but um i'm shook <laughs> yeah they never really gave the reason as to um hollings um for bones motives the bones in episode. bones yeah mhm like in this one it's clear that uh charles just... albright hated all women and thought all women were whores and particularly preyed on prostitutes as the ultimate embodiment of that especially but with he hollings, thought his mom was one too mm-hmm. and with hollings there's only the connection of the girls being young you don't get the background of what the first victim was like the only thing you hear about penny hamilton was that she was a medical and a college student and that hollings wanted to unlock the souls behind their eyes so his motives are kind of unclear yeah, it's kind of out of whack. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's that episode. Um, I will post obviously the pictures of of the victims. We do we do thankfully have those this time. At least unlike the Anthony Porter episode where yeah we barely had anything. I will note again though that there is really only one picture on the internet of Shirley Williams. I can't find anything else. There are a couple of pictures of Susan Beth Peterson and of Mary Lou Pratt mm-hmm. um, that you can take a look at, at these women. But um, they yeah. all seem to, you know, obviously they were all pretty young, like 30s and 40s. like late, Yeah, late 20s, late 20s, 30s and 40s. I was like, wow, that mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. But um, but thankfully he's behind bars and he didn't get to kill anymore. Thank goodness. I just I want to know what happened to those eyeballs. I do too. I want to know where what he did with them or why. What all was I the fascination think, with the eyes? All I can think is that they're deteriorating on a taxidermy stuff. Yeah. That or maybe he has a collection of eyeballs in a jar. I don't know. I find taxidermy to be just. So odd and weird and like creepy. Like, I get like obviously people have been doing it for years and years and years, and I'm sure there's some reasons that people enjoy it. People, I've no, I don't understand. If you think about it, it's very, it's a big thing when it comes to like museums and stuff. So, like the museums and their displays, whether it's necessary or not, that is a very big thing if you notice that. 
I just, I don't understand it. Someone, I need someone to explain it to me. The hobby of it? Yeah. Yep. Well, that is episode 15. We discussed the two bodies in the lab and the eyeball serial killer, Charles Albright. Yes. Um, let us know what you guys think. What did you guys think of this episode? What Do did you, you guys like? have answers for us that apparently we're just not that observant about? I'm definitely going to post my questions about this episode and the last episode on the Bones Reddit forum. So maybe you guys can help us out some. Um, and then we'll on catch there. y'all next week. Catch you later. What, Hang out with was us. It, was it Bones that she goes, I'm leaving now. I'm leaving now. <laughs> There will be no goodbyes. There we will, will cut no it goodbyes. off here. I'm, I'm leaving. leaving now. <laughs> Next week on the Heart in the Bones. She's Mick Widow. No, there is a Mick Widow. No, whatever. No, she, I, I understand that, but she's <laughs> Mick Widow. Okay, she is Mick Widow. She, Derek but, is dead. But Christina and, sent and a new Mick Widow. Dick Wh- is dead. Okay, <laughs> she's Mick Widow.